What's going on, guys? This is Mike, and you are listening to the Record High Podcast. I want to ask you guys a question. Throughout the day, do you ever get angry or frustrated or mad at something, and then just a couple seconds later, you stop and think to yourself, why the hell did I just get angry at that? Like, all of a sudden, you realize it wasn't even that big of a deal. That happens to all of us. Now, remember that. We're going to get back to that in a second, but... I want you to think of something else now. Throughout the day, do you also sometimes notice that you have poor short-term memory? All of a sudden, you have a poor quality of work. Your work hours have changed. Your work habits have changed. You're in a constant state of fatigue or your time management skills are suffering. And you just don't have time to accomplish all the things you say you're going to throughout the day. All of those signs point to stress. We all have it, it's inevitable, and it's not about getting rid of the stress, it's about adopting the right mindset in order to make a negative stress a positive one. Similar to the way that we recognize that we get angry for no reason and change it, that's how we need to change our stress. We have to recognize we have it and realize what we can do to turn it into a positive experience. Before we get this episode started, I just want to say... If you find value, which you will, from any one of these episodes, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, tell them about the show, tell them about the episode. Maybe it'll help them too. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Been yeah, a, doing back. Yeah. Been, been a little while. It's been a little while, but you know what? We are all actually working on a daily basis, which is number one priority, at least in my life. Yeah, I got busy. So, when it gets busy, we have other stuff to do. So stop messaging me. Where's the podcast? Have they been messaging you? Yeah, message me. People in the office are like, "Where's the podcast?" You know, people have wondered, and I'm like, "I'm, people I'm like, wondered. we're busy. I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm working every single day." Commitments, though. We did. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bad excuse. <laughs> we're really more preparing for the people yeah, in the future uh, that want to binge. We talked about this on the right? podcast too. I think I listened yeah. to this about excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's different is we're not getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you pay us a check and then we'll do it, right? Yeah. Is that the idea of it? No, we failed, right? I mean, it's, you know, we have excuses just like everybody else, but, you know, a thing that makes us different, you know, we're going to come back. We actually we actually have some pretty good things today. This yeah. one's actually a pretty good one. I like but this one. Before we dive into it, did you guys hear about the, you guys know what Peloton is, right? The bike? Yeah. Of we heard about Peloton. You heard about that? Oh, yeah, the commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, did you watch the commercial? Of course. What Did you think it was sexist? Yes. You did? Yes. What? How? Yes. Be, well, well, they're, they're, what they're saying is they're saying that, that so, so this woman's obviously in shape, mm-hmm. right? So his, her husband gifted her, somebody that's in shape already, a bike, right? And then the second one is she made it look as if she was nervous to get on the bike. So what, like, she's like, oh, I'm so nervous I'm going to get a bike. I mean, she's been on, if you're if you're buying a Peloton bike, you've been on an exercise bike. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's like you buying a sports car before, as your first car, right? Like, that didn't happen. You were on some shitty cars, you've been doing it for a long time. You wanted that bike, right? And so they're, they're making it, I think they made it look as if she needed somebody to buy the bike and then as well as when she got the bike that she was nervous about the process and then she thanked him at the end for the 
giving for well, giving yeah, her the bike. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. My wife didn't. We watched it at the same time. She didn't think like if I bought her that bike, she wouldn't have gotten offended. Well, I think it's the idea of like buying a woman a vacuum. <laughs> that's, I think that's what they were saying. Like, I can buy my own bike. Right? I can buy my own vacuum. Like, like the, yeah, yeah. So they didn't do a very good job at prefacing that she had asked for this bike. She's like, hey, listen, like, he, he should have shown a scene where they're at dinner and he's just like, hey, I, I care so, about yeah. you a lot. I, what, what can I show you? How can I show you I care about you? And she's yeah. like, buy me this king bike. And then I'll believe that you care about me. Then it shows him sacrificing to buy this bike. And then when he gives it to her, he's like, hey, listen, I don't think you need this bike. But I care about you enough. Here's the bike. I, I Like something like that. I mean, I, I'm not, I, it's not that I don't agree with that. What I actually disagree with is the fact that somebody watched that commercial and either like. Not somebody. Lots of people. Okay, lots of people. But somebody watched it and then. Sold their stock. Sold all their stock? Yeah, isn't. How like, much why? of their stock? Why well, would they do that? It's a very it's successful a, company. No, it's a sexist, sexist company. It's like when you see something that you don't <laughs> like. It's not sexist. I don't believe it. That's, it's definitely not. Well, yeah, it says the attorney. Who are you representing? Your Peloton's attorney? That's what we're saying. Right? Yeah, no, a Peloton's attorney wants to say something. Let's oh. settle down. Oh, we're not, buying, we're not buying presents for people for Christmas? Like, it's sexist because you had to buy our present? Wasn't it a Christmas? Well, it didn't, Dude, it didn't it, take context. It didn't take context. And when she climbed on the bike, she acted like she can't climb on. She acted like she was nervous to climb on the bike. So? She probably was. She was not nervous. You know why? It's because people not always have that feeling whenever they're going to go work out because they're going to make themselves better. I never had right? that feeling. Oversensitive. You it was, support the oversensitive. It was oversensitive. America? That seems very oversensitive. Do you know how much that bike costs? Selling your, your Does stock. Does anybody even know how much that bike costs? It's like Are five, we just talking? Five grand? No, I think it was like 2,500 or something like so that. Plus you have to pay a membership fee of like 40. Base model of 2,500 bucks. Well, it's how they made it look. It wasn't just he bought the bike. If they would have just bought the bike and said, oh, thank you so much for the bike. But then it took her through like as if she as, as if she was vulnerable and she had to go do this whole experience. And it's, uh, they, they, they pretty much did a very good job at creating a controversy, right? I mean, like so What you guys are though. saying is that, oh, it's not it's not 100% sure, but they got about 85% sure, right? That's like... So what about that truck commercial where that guy buys two vehicles and his wife, he bought it for his wife, one for him, and she takes the one, the truck, and he gets the SUV. I mean, there's nothing sexist about that. Buy no. Did, they, car. did the stock go down by 12%? You know what determines if the commercial is sexist or not? If 12% of your shareholders sell their stock. For sure, but that's what I think needs to change is like the or mindset sell, of all Or it sells enough people. stock that it goes down 12%. Has, have you guys ever held an investment that goes down 12% because of a commercial? Have you ever owned a stock and then you own, say, $100,000 worth that stock? Then they do this commercial, okay? Just follow me here, Mr. Lawyer for Peloton. And so, so you own 100000 of this stock. They do a commercial. Unnecessary, by the way. You can do any commercial. This is like the Chevy commercials where they do the dumb ones. Whoever keeps buying Chevy trucks, I hate you. Because I, I have to watch those stupid focus group oh, yeah, commercials. Those commercials so suck, so yeah. I hate you, right? So let's we should be talking about that, but we're not. So you own $100,000. They do a stupid commercial that was unnecessary. Not, not necessary. They already own the stock. You don't have to do commercial. They'll buy your bike no matter what. You do a stupid commercial. That $100,000 investment goes down to 88. And then now that everybody's pissed off, they come out and say, "There's nothing wrong with it. Are you going to jump on the Peloton? Oh yeah, no problem. I'm willing to. I'm willing to bet twelve thousand dollars to my commitment that that wasn't a sexist commercial. Or you might go, you like a sexist commercial. Bastard's cost me twelve thousand. You're, right you're, 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 you're just hey, stop buying some Peloton stocks. 
No, no, because they came out and yes. they didn't. Somebody's got, somebody's got to take the blame. So they, no, people will not stop punishing you. It's the same thing with, and I might actually do a more advanced. We might do a more advanced podcast that talks about you know what you know resolving customers' concerns, right? But those are more for managers and leaders, and so we might do one of those. Um, but the, the first thing that one of the first steps they teach you is you take responsibility for what happened, right? So if you say. Well, I can see how you think I fucked up, but from my for my perspective, I don't think I fucked up. And then you're not healing at that point, right? It's just going to continue to conflict. Mm-hmm. So that that's what happened with them. So they came out and they said, "Oh, there's no problem." Well, as soon as they said that, that means stocks right there. Yeah, it's. I mean, definitely the end game is. You're right. I mean, they they lost their stocks. There's no going back from that for sure. Yeah, Peloton's calling their attorney right now. Taylor had to walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so this is a very influential podcast. This isn't right? live. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, we don't know that, right? Oh, yeah, apparently, could be. Could apparently, be. they know. Hey, listen, I just there's about to be an influential podcast talking about this, right? And he reaffirms the sexist comment. But I, no, no, I can see it from both perspectives. But it's naive to think that everybody thinks like us. That, that's actually that's actually the worst thing I can do. Is I get up in the morning and think everybody thinks like me like i have to be able to communicate with people that don't think and and, and take into account how they feel i I think that's shitty i wish more people you know would stop like the whole because i'm not political at all and i wouldn't call myself left or right but i i'm i'm definitely more in the middle but there's definitely more left people out there in my opinion that are just like it's so dramatic on the far left side and i feel like it's just like people like that like when when you're talking political? No, no, I don't want to get. I don't, that sounds. Don't political. even want to get into that. I'm just saying, the super far left side. Everybody's sensitive. The super far left Have side. Have you ever met far right? Are the ones who? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I'm dude. Far right's the same way. Everybody's everybody's sensitive about it. I, I promise you, this wasn't a political thing that happened. This was a this was a strategic marketing thing that happened. They had a million things they could do. They picked a certain way. It backfired. They're going through problem resolution and crisis managers just like everybody else. And I would say the majority of business owners would probably disagree with the way that they're holding the controversy, but or handling the controversy. But I mean, power to them. They're gonna do. They're gonna do what they need to. But. Yeah, I'm glad that I can enlighten you on the problem. And I promise you, if you were holding the stock like a good fortune and you lost $12,000 because of a damn commercial, you'd be up here going, you know what? Those sexist bastards, right? That's exactly <laughs> what you would say. You would be saying that. Yeah. It's just, and that's what they do. That's why, that's what, you know, because the people that are buying it and the people that are buying the stock determine if that was a successful commercial or not. Yeah. Should I tell I just, about, I just don't agree with it. Should I tell about my ducks? Oh yeah, yeah. That was you think Peloton kind of has a problem? Peloton <laughs> 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 has a problem, and this is out. I don't know if these people are going to hear it, but you know what? I we try to solve problems, right? So we're we're that type of podcast. We try to solve problems. Oh yeah. Well, apparently in France, because that's where all wonderful stories start. That's where the dolphin lived. Remember? Oh, the this was in France. Remember the touchy dolphin? Yeah. That doesn't touch. That was for also free. France, right? That was in France, dude. So Coming everything happens in France. I don't even know if the monkey. Oh, monkey guy was in New Zealand. Um, when France, there was this. There's this couple that had lived in the city for their entire life, and they relocated out to the country. Right. So they're like, "This is the country life. This is the quiet life." Well, apparently they made a mistake. And they didn't understand that lakes out in the country have animals in it. And this one particularly has some chatty ducks. So they move into this house, just you know what, just like anybody does. And they don't realize that there is a certain noise that's coming from these ducks. So much that it kept them up at night and has become the focal point of their life. So the, the noise these ducks make. So 
apparently these are special ducks because they make a certain noise, or these are duck haters, right? Talk about, talk about, you know, these are duck haters. So far, it sounds like duck haters. And, and they said these ducks are making their lives miserable. Go to court and lose the battle. So now they're out of options, right? They're like, they either have to sell their house. Like, it's like you have a haunted house. Like, you try to get the, the ghost out, but you can't. So these people are stuck next to these go the, these ducks. So I'm not, the funny part isn't the story, right? Because that sucks, right? You get some good. But, but I just wanted to give them some advice. That's all. This is more of an advice, right? And I'll say, say you, you went at it the wrong way, right? So if you have a, if you have a, a problem with an animal that's actively hunted by people, you don't have to go to court to get rid of those. You just have to post where yeah. they are consistently. <laughs> when would be a good time where nobody's watching and that they can keep whatever animals in there. And you don't have to tell them the animal. You just have to say it might go to quack quack. <laughs> and you might even maybe send a picture of one of the pristine ones, right? Send up, like, take a picture of some good juicy ones, and say, you know, obviously these are more domesticated ducks because they belong to somebody. Because the person that defended them were the people that own the lakes that have have wanted these ducks there. But dude, I I know there are famous families that hunt ducks professionally. Oh, yeah. Well, and I- you might have one of those hunters that. You know how the people that like hunt off season and hunt where they're not supposed to? Oh, yeah. Hunting isn't enough for them. They need to do bad hunting, you know, illegal hunting. Well, it's not <laughs> illegal to post where some ducks that are. you have unwanted ducks in your no, backyard? No, 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 no. It's not unwanted. They're... You just happen to know where there's some ducks. <laughs> and you tell the quantity. You give them a good amount of time, right? And then and then you keep sending out quotes. Oh, duck sighting. And then give them longitude and latitude, yeah. right? And say, oh, by the way, everybody in the area is is out. I happen to know they're on vacation. And so I just want to say, like, in case the, you know, this couple from France or maybe you might have a huntable animal that's keeping you up at night. Um, don't take him to court. Well, you could take him to court, but just in case you're at this last second, you don't know what to do. I have come up with the perfect solution. Just tell people where they're at, and, and then take me up on that. I bet you anything. There's somebody in Make France a post online. Be like ducks. Yeah, yeah. Not wanted here. Well, no. You just you know what? This is where the ducks are, and you know what? Technically, you can't have these ducks. But if you wanted to have these ducks, have you ever have you ever told have you ever met somebody that. The, the reason why they want something is because they can't have it? Yeah. Every human being on the Everybody. earth. I, is is everybody greater. even sitting here that hasn't wanted something just purely because someone said they couldn't have it? If you want to watch me want something, tell me I can't have it. Yeah. Obviously, what you say? <laughs> what you say? So there's a professional duck cutter. It's like, you can't have these ducks. Here's a picture of them. Right? He might even go out there. You could go out there and you could like... Like, take professional photographs. That's what they should do. This person should hire a professional photographer to go there. And then so the neighbor's watching someone take pictures of their ducks. They come out. It's like, go back inside, Mary. I can take a picture of whatever ducks I want. And it's like, I need these ducks to look good. Right? And so they, and they like have to give them names, right? And have that. I'm like, you want to go with this? I mean, right? So yeah. it's, it's uh, poor people, right? I'm, I sympathize for you. But, I mean, it, honestly. They right? definitely it's went like, the wrong route. Yeah. There's. Sure. And, could you imagine? Could you imagine if you were a duck hunter and you were the house next to it and you and you have to listen to the ducks all the time but you weren't able to kill them yeah right you think you have a problem like can you imagine that that's an itch that you can never scratch and so mm-hmm. yeah i thought okay so miss miss french people i've given you the solution there you go um but we thought you know we actually have a good transition in there so is it is it safe to say that 
the people that are that are miserable because of these ducks might be a little stressed. A little bit. They have a problem. Is it safe to say that sometimes, even though holidays are fantastic, that the end of the year is sometimes very stressful? Mm-hmm. Why are the reason why some people are stressed? What do you think? Family in town. Families holidays, in town. Holidays. Spend money. Spend money. Spending money. Right? You have all these things that you have to do. All of your year-end goals are now becoming clear that you didn't do them. Right? Maybe feel a little, it gets darker, especially when, you know, in wintertime, the sun's out less. That's actually proven the less sun you see, you know, you can get a little more depressed, right? Oh, yeah. So sun, sunshine helps. Especially That's, here where we don't change our time. Like you wake up, it's still dark for like three hours. You go home and it's already dark when you get home. Yeah. So, you know what we thought we would share with you, like, let's talk about stress, right? Let's talk about stress talk and about how stress. people and how, uh, how specifically we handle it. Throw a couple facts at you. Throw kind of some situations that's happened to us and then maybe give you a chance to maybe be a little less stressed. Is that a nice little Christmas present? Right? A little Christmas present? Because we, we go hardcore at the grinding, things like that. But towards the end of the year, most of us, we take our foot off the gas a little bit, right? Bryce? Bryce, you're here with us? Uh, yeah. Hi. You ever take your uh, You ever take your foot off the gas a little bit? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I do. My last profession, I didn't even work December, man. I was like a couple days a year. I'll just stop in, just remind people. They still have to send me my paycheck. But I mean, uh oh, and we've done a bad job. Sorry about that. We we jumped into this. We've got we've got an extra guest today. So obviously we've uh, we've got myself, Taylor, and Mike here. But we have Bryce Gurr from Gurr Brothers Construction that yeah, happens to yeah, uh, welcome, be dude. joining us today. Uh, we happen to be recording in his office. <laughs> So, uh, uh, well, not a specific office, but in his building, right? So we thought he would just drop by and see what we do on specific. So we have that plug, gerbrothers.com. Go to them for any restoration needs that you might need. So restoration from damage, water, you know, fire, wind, or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but it's safe to say that sometimes people slow down in December, right? Yeah, absolutely. A huge percentage. Right? So maybe you want something more about what you're focusing on. It's stress going to come up. So I, I thought I would say, you know what? Tell me if something like this comes up. Do you ever feel angry? Right? Do you ever feel like you have a lower quality of work, um, fatigued? I mean, uh, do any of those things pop up? And, oh, yeah. and and really, really, idea those are those are signs that you know what you're stressed. And so I'm going to give you a definition. Stress is how the brain and body responds to any demand. Every type of demand or stressor, such as exercise, work, school, major life changes, traumatic events, can be stressful. Right. So the idea is that we need it like uh, most people don't understand, but there's different types of stress. There's good stress and bad stress. And, and, and then and then there's it's important to understand that that we conquer stressful events consistently every day, but we don't stress about them. Right. So I'm going to do a couple of these. Right. So people say, well, I have to do all these crazy things. I'm stressed because I don't have the end of the year, et cetera, like that. And I'm just going to remind you um, that that we live life and death every day. Now, this is this is going to seem childish and easy, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to explain you what it takes for you to survive every day. So what are some things that no matter what have to happen, if you want to make it to that night? I mean, alive. You gotta eat. Okay? You gotta eat. You gotta what breathe. Else? You gotta breathe. How many times do you think you breathe? A Let's lot. just say it. Tens day. of thousands. Yeah, every, every three to five seconds. You breathe 23,040 times a day. 23,040 a day. 
960 times an hour in 16 breaths a minute. How many breaths can you skip till we're saying goodbye? Not many. I mean, how many? 16? How long can you hold your breath? <laughs> yeah, I bet you could get two to three before we really start talking about saying goodbye to you, right? So if you go underneath the water, it's been a minute, we're not gonna be stressed, but about three minutes, all of us are gonna be really talking about, okay, one or two things about to happen. He's gonna come up, at least gonna be fine. Somebody's gotta get in there and we need to start talking about it now. So we're talking about literally 48 breaths out of 23,040. If you choose to skip that many in a row, we're saying goodbye to you. It was a pleasure, Taylor. You missed 48. That 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 is a, a high amount of breaths percentage that you have to get right consistently forever. Now, you're not just going to sit in one place. You're going to do things. You want to go in the water. You want to get up in the air. You want to you wanna go a million places, right? So, so why in the world are we not talking about how stressed we are about the breaths we take? It's natural. Human, natural? Hu- human instinct. A habit? Like, seriously, I don't understand why we're talking about it. I'm sitting here, and I'm stressed out of my mind about how I'm going to breathe the rest of my life. Because statistically, this is very important. This one says, you guys are worried about how you're going to, you know what, you know what, people are coming into town and maybe they're going to have an awful time or, 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 you know what, that, you know what, we have a, a project due that we could stay up and, you know what, even if that's not done. I mean, we don't worry about stuff. The life's not coming to an end. We're, we're taking breaths and, and we can't miss more than 48 or 23,000 in mm-hmm. a row every single day. We're worried about something insignificant when if you don't breathe, you die. And, and the, the idea of it, and I want you to know this quote, it is not the load that breaks you down. It is the way you carry it. So that's the theme that we're going to go. And I want to, I want to tell you guys that you are physically built to do amazing things. I mean, amazing physically and also mentally. I mean, you are literally built strategically to be awesome at what you do. The reason why you don't worry about the breaths is because you're not carrying that load. Another portion of your brain, the one you don't have to use, is carrying that for you. If you take it over, it lets you take it over, but only until you forget about it, then it takes it right back. There's no if, ands, or buts. It's mm-hmm. waiting. It's like, he'll forget, right? And he'll, something will distract him, then I'm going to take it back, mm-hmm. right? If you haven't eaten, it's going, to, it's going to make that a priority in your life. And if you haven't drink, it is going to make that a priority. Your body will physically start to manifest it. So uh, there's the brain is broken down. And I'm going to encourage everybody to look at this. But And we might put a picture up there to give this a little bit easier. So if you're listening to this, pause it. Let's make sure we get this picture on, uh, on Instagram. You guys can take a look at that. But um, I want to talk about your brain. I'm just going to give you some facts. And these are cool ones that even if this doesn't work about making you less stressed, these are some cool things you can say at Christmas dinner. Is that fair? <laughs> Pop these babies out, right? Be sitting there and saying, oh, you're stressed? Oh, yeah. Well, that's your uh, this part of your brain. And this is why. I'm Just pop that out. All right. Hopefully you don't ask any more self-discovery questions, right? Or, you know, take some good notes in here. You know, study those. But you know, this is your Christmas dinner if you choose to take it, right? So let me tell you about how your, your brain works. The brain is broken down into four lobes and one cerebellum. And I'm going to talk about two of the lobes. I'm going to talk about two of them. Those are the important ones. I'm going to talk about your frontal lobe and then your prefrontal cortex. And the reason why I want to talk about these is because those are where you're thinking, 
your logic, what to do, and how you evaluate things in front of you. Now, the, the, the idea of what we're looking at and is important for everybody to understand on here is that if you are stressed about something, you are not physically different than the other person that's not stressed. You are choosing to carry that load. You are the guy that walks around to everybody and says, I am freaked the fuck out. You're genuinely freaked. Have you ever seen someone that thinks they're going to die? Yes. Okay. They're freaked out. Oh, yeah. And not only are they afraid that they're going to die, but they also have that same perspective on everything else, too. Yeah. So if no. something's, if, if they, like, that's so bad, so they, they think everything else is bad and the world's ending. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that. And, and so, so you walk up to it and you're like, hey, why are you stressed? And they're like, Rah! I have to take 48, I can't miss 48 breaths. I feel I've missed at least two or three, right? And you'll say, what? It's like, just take a breath. And you'll get up to them and say, look at me. Have you ever seen those things when someone starts to freak out and they're just like, look at me and they start breathing together? Have you ever seen that? It's like, watch me, watch me take breaths. Have you ever seen those in movies? Like, I know you have an example that comes to mind. Asthma attack. Yeah, watch me, write me, right? Let's breathe together. Uh, and the idea of that is that you have at any chance, like if you're free, if, if, if something is bothering you, whether it's, it's your subconscious or your conscious is bothering you, mm. you have two lobes in the front specifically designed to give you control of any situation. Remember, they're designed to help you think, use logic. They're designed to help you do what you need to do and evaluate the situation. Right. That's what they're designed to do. Now, if you're given that power, whether you take that power from your subconscious or whether you're given that power, if you're choosing to freak out about something, it is simply your decision to take on more of the load. You are scared or freaking out about something simply because it feels overwhelming. And the temporal lobe, or they call it the amygdala, Right. The what? I practice that. What amygdala? is it? Amygdala. 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 <laughs> that is that is specifically designed to turn on fight or flight, and that stores the memory of any event. So you've got the lobe that's thinking, logic, what to do and evaluate. Then you have another one that tells you whether to fight or to flight, and that's going to store the memory of what happened. So if you're the type that gets up the thing and you're freaking about something and you just want to run away from it, that is not a one-time decision. That is you using these things to not only make the wrong decision, but your brain is going to remember that situation. It's going to store that. And then your subconscious and way that you way that you react to things in the future is going to be the same way. That's what you're training your brain to see. That's like, I know somebody that has a bad dog. This is a bad dog. They know they have a bad dog. They can't give this dog away because <laughs> the people that see this dog know that this is a bad dog. And this person thinks this was just a bad dog. I also know tons of good dogs. Now, what do you think is the difference between this good dog and this bad dog? One probably makes their owners miserable. 
when they were younger, there were strategic decisions that happened. This dog did something bad and nothing happened to it. Then what do you think it remembered? That it was okay to act that way. This is perfectly okay. Nothing bad happened. So what did you do the next time? Did it again. Another bad thing. Another bad thing. Been bad thing after bad thing. Now this dog is an adult and is making bad decisions. Have you ever have you ever heard can't teach an old dog a new trick? Mm-hmm. Our mind is exactly the same way. So this dog, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for the person listening because he might be listening. You're out of luck. You're screwed. You're going to always have a bad dog, right? People might be listening. Oh, I can train this dog. Okay. Well, he's available. Yeah. <laughs> you can have him. It's a really good looking it's dog. It's a good looking dog. It's a bad dog. It's a bad dog, right? Right? It's just like, it's like he does everything good, but you want, he's a murderer, right? Jesus. It's like, okay, well, that's a big thing, right? So, no, no, no. In, in all reality, our mind is exactly the same way. If from childhood and as we do situations, we are picking to worry and stress and take on loads yeah. more than what we should, we're freaking about breathing. When we know we can definitely do that, we just choose to seem overwhelming and we think about the 23,040 breaths that we have to take today. That's in one day. Mm -hmm. And they even have to sleep through that. So you're even okay with not even consciously doing that. So you don't even have control of that. So you have to give control of, and you choose to freak out about that. That's exactly the same way of you having a problem on your desk or in front of you. You're just taking on too much of the load. Your brain is designed to do what you say to do, right? And so this goes to the fact that we talked about that when you use your temporal lobe, right? That's the front. It's 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 like the um, I'm not sure if, if you guys are looking at that brain. So it, it's it's in the bottom section and it takes up the bottom kind of front to the last three fourths of the right side. But your stress signals and your stress with your stress switch is in there. Mm-hmm. That's where the switch is, and it's right above your neck. It's right above there. There's a place that that's going to get activated. And that's, that's literally your perception on what's going to happen. And that stress is going to activate. And at that point, you're going to make the decision to fight or flight. Yep. I, so I'll, I'll give my opinion on this too, and then I'll let you guys give yours. But so I, I mean, when, when I first saw this, the, the first time Nate was talking about it, I liked it because it actually gives you something like a place to, to look at knowing that stress is real and it's actually like a chemical in your brain and it's developed or whatever. Um, but I mean, you said it, it's, it's all about perspective. Like you're, when you're, when you're looking at the load and the load's too big, it's cause I think that's when you focus on that. It's a problem. And that's when it like starts infecting everything else that you're doing. And that's why you feel stressed is because you're, you're super focused on the problem and you can't get your mind off of it. And instead of seeing it as, you know, uh, it, it, instead of being a problem, it's a, it's a challenge and it's trying to get you to grow kind of thing. If you go over it, then everything in your life becomes a problem. And I actually know people like that too. Like they, um, like, the, you know, they're negative. They're, they don't have a job because they can't, you know, they, their employers aren't hiring them or something like that. Instead of seeing that it's themselves, then it overwhelms them. And then they take everything else in their life like that. And everything's a bad, everything's a problem instead of seeing it as it's a, it's a challenge. And it's, you know, it's God's way of saying like, you need to overcome this. Um, but no, absolutely. Well, uh, here's, here's another thing of it. Like people don't understand 
One of the brains is taking over. The one you have control of or the one you don't have control. One of them's taking over. There's gonna be a stimuli, something's gonna happen. There's gonna be an emotional reaction to that. Now we're at the filter portion. Now we're making a decision. Which side of the brain? The, the stress switch is literally right above the brain stem. And it's like, where are we going with this? Is frontal lobe gonna take this over or am I sending it to the other side? Am I taking this over? And, it, and it's going to give you the option every time. Does anybody think they aren't notified of a stressful situation that comes across them? Oh, you find out very quickly. Does anybody not have that brain? Taylor, do you, do you have a brain that doesn't notify you of stressful situations? No, it's pretty good. It lets me know. You know, I had to actually, the closest, the closest person I've ever met to I don't think reacts as normal to a stressful situation, like he seems to handle stress very well, is Bryce, right? So this is actually a really good one. We picked this out before yeah. we knew you were going to be attending. Bryce doesn't react the same way. So I think Bryce's brain... When it hits stress switch, it's like, well, let's not bother him really. He's big. Let's just go ahead and put that somewhere else, right? Like, I go to him, and I'm like, why are you not stressed out? I'm like, oh, we are, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is your, is well, so your what? temporal lobe not sending out this? I'm like, because your temporal lobe called me, and it's stressed the fuck out, right? It's like, we don't want to bother Bryce, so we thought we'd tell your temporal lobe that Bryce should be stressed about this, and I come to him, right? So I'm the one. Can you notify Bryce? Because, you know, I don't like, you know what, it's a, we're having a rough day here, right there. And so, I mean, it, it's, it, it's how we react. And then you're going to determine, you're going to interpret what's happening, so you're going to decide, and then you're going to do a behavior. And the behavior will be one of two things, the one you have control of or not control of. Have you ever met someone you feel doesn't have control of their behaviors? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a perfect example. If you're stressed all the time, if you're the type of person that feels like they don't have control of their life, it's because when you had a stressful situation, you don't take control. Mm -hmm. you, you don't use your frontal lobe and you think... That you, that, that you don't have it, but you have what everybody else has. You have that front part of your brain that can make decisions and, and, and it can take control of the situation. And so that's why people feel they're out of control on their lives. It's because they're just automatically sending that. So I'm not saying that, Bryce, because that's usually a negative thing, but it seems to work out. You have a nice company and everybody wants to be around yeah, you and we're all jealous as crap, but that's not normal. The guys that put that off, usually they're, you know what, they have, you know what, alcohol problems and drug problems and different things like that. And they send and that's how they deal with their situations. And so don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if, if you don't take control of it. So if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you say, well, I don't like to stress out about all the situations on there and have that. And it's okay. You handle the situation quick. But if you don't take control of it, don't be surprised if you don't have the gift that Bryce has, where if it's sent it to the other side, that it's like a fairy tale land, like he he takes stress and kills it. The I other, think, I think people give up control way too quickly. Oh, absolutely. I, I think people always give up control way too fast because this is actually uh, a really relevant topic because I actually talked about this in one of our team huddles this morning. Yeah, I talked about managing stress and, and managing and taking control of it because. Everybody has seemed overwhelmed this week, and I'm like, you, we're not chunking up our day enough. We're, you guys have 10 things to do. Two of them are actually an issue or a problem that need to be taken care of, and that's all you're focusing on, and you're not doing it. And by not doing those two things, you're not doing all 10 things. Right. And then it stacks onto the next day. And so we talked about that. Get those stressful things out of the way early. We've talked about this a million times. Absolutely. And, and I think 
most people are giving up control way too quickly and allowing it to affect the things that are actually easy to get done. Right. Because you're avoiding those couple t- those couple stressful things, and then it, it snowballs into not doing anything mm-hmm. uh, that you need to get done. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I like, right? We talked so much about animals at the beginning of every podcast. Today we mm-hmm. talked about ducks, right? The difference between a duck, we talked about chickens, we yeah. talked about everything, right? The difference between humans and animals is between a stimulus, right? So they yep. talked about a stimulus. And then there's a behavior, there's a reaction. So we've got a dog, we talked about this stupid dog. Right? <laughs> Bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> there's a stimulus, right? There's something that goes on in that dog's life, and then all of a sudden, there's a reaction, right? The dog doesn't have a space in between that. It's a stimulus and then a response, right? What some crazy scientists hundreds of years ago figured out is that for humans, there's actually a space in between stimulus and response, right? So we get to make that decision. Process. So there's gonna be something that's that's a stimulus in our life that could cause us stress. But before we respond, there's always an option for us to make a choice. And so I think that's what Bryce is talking about, that's what Nathan is talking about, is, is if you don't have control, if you feel like that decision's already been made for you, oh, I'm getting stressed automatically, well, it's just because you've given up so many times the, the ability to choose what you're gonna respond with. Mm-hmm. And so getting control of that back, right? Making that decision, I don't, wait, wait, I don't, I don't need to go straight from stimulus to freaking out, right? I can do stimulus, I can make a decision and then I can respond, yeah. right? But that, that's a huge, I think, breakthrough in science. I'm not a scientist, I'm, a, I'm an attorney, but there, there's something about that, right? Between stimulus and response, there's a space where we can make a decision of how we're gonna react um, to a stressful situation or um, any kind of situation. We mm-hmm. have a choice. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, I, and I, wanna, I wanna say one sentence and I think you have a follow-up on this one. Um, is is don't be surprised if you don't take control and and when your brain your subconscious takes control that portion of your brain that 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 doesn't include you in the decision decides that that it wants to make you run Mm-hmm. So that's the easiest one. That's where the fight or flight comes in, where it's making the decision. Am I going to fight this or am I going to run? So don't be surprised if you, every single time you have a problem, it's, I just don't understand. I'm just not the type that, 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 that can fight for that. Or I have a hard time standing up for myself or I have a hard time doing something hard. Like it's my natural reaction to more avoid that situation. Mm-hmm. That's not by accident. That's you not taking control. And that's what everybody's brain. Well, most of them like mine and definitely not one of my children's. He, his, his is a fight. Right, his amygdala is like <laughs> is is set on a different mode, right? He just like he's like he gets uncomfortable, and, and everybody's uncomfortable he has at that one point. Out. Yeah, he only has one out. But my <laughs> other twin has that. So I mean, don't be surprised if 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 you always do the flight, and, and this might explain why you find you're in a situation that makes you avoid difficult things, is because that's what your brain is trained and evolved to do, or created, whatever you believe in, to do. But right now, you got it. So however we got it trust me you got it you have your temporal lobe it's right there it, it, it there's there's a spot that makes the decision right above your brain stem and it's going to make that decision in the majority of time with people it's going to be the run right if you find yourself running and you don't know why you run you just i, I don't know why i can't do it it's because you're not in control mm-hmm. someone else is taking that and it's the stress it's the stress that activated it that's that's that section 
The stress you don't get to control. You just get to control how you react to that and how you solve the problem and whether you're going to fight it or you're going to flight. Mm-hmm. And we all, I mean, we all react differently. And most of the most of the time, we react differently because of emotion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which oh, absolutely. Which I mean, a lot of people I know and see, and even myself, I've reacted this way. You, you know, you you avoid the problem, or you're in denial of the problem, like there is no problem, so you avoid it. Which then it, you know, it ends up compiling, like you were saying. Um, you know, or you could turn it into a competition. You know, then. Um, or, or you can learn from it and, and use it to your advantage. Um, but as far as it comes down to kind of following up with what you were saying, I think one thing that's really important that a lot of people don't do and, 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 you know, I've started to recognize it myself and getting better at it, which is, um, recognizing that you're in a stressful situation. Cause I think a lot of this emotion, like avoidance and denial, it comes because people aren't recognizing that, they, that they're in a stressful situation. So they don't stop and then that's when they start rolling downhill. But if you stop and you recognize, because we all get stressed, right? But when, when you actually get stressed, when you're actually stressed, that's when it's hard. So if you teach yourself to recognize that you're in a stressful situation, then it makes reacting the correct way that, that much easier. Well, a lot of times people don't realize when they get emotional, if you have a lot of emotions running, you're probably stressed. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably not like you'll know the good emotions. The good emotions when you're walking around saying life is so wonderful. I'm talking about the emotional where you know somebody's going to be able to tell something's wrong. Like you're emotional. And, 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 and it's one of those four that are going to pop up. The avoidance and denial is simply the go-tos. Mm-hmm. That's the most go-to. That's the subconscious portion of it. Then you have the frontal lobe and people have used the, the, the learning from a situation or, or accepting something as a competition in order to, 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 to overcome this emotion saying, hey, this is just something I have to overcome. So you're either going to say I have to overcome this or you're going to say I have to avoid this or even worse, you're going to say you don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. You're going to say you're not stressed, but you actually are, yeah. which pretty much guarantees no change. Yeah. And actually, there's health problems that come from that too. Oh, yeah. really? You never, never like autoimmune diseases. Oh, is that where that comes from? Mm-hmm. Like oh, stress like activates the autoimmune. It, it, it activates it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So not being able to handle it is not being able to recognize it. You know, it's not good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it. I think stress manifests itself in various ways, right? People lose sleep. They they don't have a desire to go out and hang out with friends. They don't want to spend time with their kids. Um, canceling commitments. Stop showing up for work. They're late for work. Maybe um, like Mike was saying, there's physical. Um, effects with their physical body they might get sick um ending relationships things like that so there's a lot of a lot of things that 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 are results of us being stressed in our life Mm -hmm. yeah and what do you think is the biggest one out of that list what do you think is the biggest one sleep sleep yeah if you're you're not sleeping very well i might it's time to start listening to the podcast here maybe a couple times right so if, if, if you're stressed Right, if you're not, and it might be something else. Maybe there's a small percentage. Like if you've never, if you're like not stressed and stressed and you never sleep, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're losing, you're losing sleep, you sleep because you're stressed about something, and then all these other things that are coming. I mean, re-listen to those. Like Taylor listed off some great ones. I mean, if it's affecting your life, um, this is you have control. That's the number one thing we want everybody to take away from. Mm-hmm. You have you are built mentally and physically to take control of your stress. Mm-hmm. Now, this happens to me. Um, I get stressed. Do you get stressed, Mike? Oh yeah. 
Everybody does. Yeah, you guys get stressed? I do get stressed. Right? Yeah. And do I handle it perfectly, immediately, all the time? No, hell no. <laughs> hell no! Right? Yeah, I, I have, I definitely go through avoidance and denial all the time, right? But I, you I recognize throw a little, it. Yeah, well, I throw a little anger in there, maybe a little resentment. Right? <laughs> you know, justification. I mean, I, I have a lot more list of things that I have, and I'll manifest them sometimes all at the same time. We'll have to put a name on it. Have you guys ever seen me manifest my stress all, combine them all? Mm-hmm. I want the person to know that put me in the stress situation, what they've done to me, right? I'm like, it, and so so there's sometimes, like Mike, it, there's sometimes, I'll give, I'll give you this week something that happened to me. Someone hurt me pretty bad. I won't say names. But it's somebody I count on significantly. And what stresses me out is not behavior of people I don't count on. What stresses me out is, is people that I count on, right? And, and they reacted to a, to a problem in a way that didn't make me feel as if they were going to, they were, they knew there was a problem and that they were going to help me solve it. Mm-hmm. So you know what that did to me? Put you in a bad place. It put me in a bad place. I, I blew past stressed. So brainstem came up. I read the text, realized that the person didn't understand the problem, which means, or didn't agree with the problem, which means they weren't going to accept the problem or help me solve the problem. I realized I was alone in the problem, realized I couldn't solve it alone. So it hit the stress signal, went up the brainstem, hit the stress signal, didn't even give me the choice. Or, or I saw the choice and immediately declined. You know, how, have you ever played poker where you can immediately fold? Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that when it's going around? I had to put the fold button. I knew it was going to come. And I rolled past stressed to depressed. <laughs> past stressed to depressed. Like, I'm like, I, I didn't know how it was all going to come down. It but was- you know what? May as well go down with this. And I wanted, and that person didn't realize, but I was planning on how to tell him that the ship was going to be sinking. And, and and so the next time I saw him, I said, hey, just, but at that point, you know, he had sent me a text and we realized it was a, it was a monetary, it was a momentary lapse, mm. right? I didn't realize, and then you know what, we conquered and have that. But but I talked about it. I just want to let you know, like, like you are the cause of my, of my depression. Like, if you ever see me depressed, like you're one of the few people that can do it. So I was officially demoralized. It happened to me. Would anybody here not... Think for a couple days this week I was demoralized. Taylor, you're around me all the time. Is that a is that a safe way to like to to, to call me? Or was that a demoralized? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think that's such a funny visual, right? Right past stress to depressed, right? Yeah. Didn't spend any time of stress. No temporal Which happens. needed. It happens to everybody. And I think a lot of people don't think that. They're like, oh, some people just have stress and some people don't. But that's not true. Everybody has it. And and one thing that I like is I don't I don't think stress. Who here thinks stress is a, a bad thing all the time? It's definitely not. I you know I, I look at my my workday my life and realize that stress in some degree actually makes me more productive. Right? If I'm not stressed out, I get a little lazy. Well, it's back on to, it's back on perspective too. So if you see something as um, something that's happening happening to you as a is a threat, instead of seeing it as a threat, you have to see that as a challenge. And that it's 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 life teaching you something, and that you need to do something, to learn something to get over it, instead of instead of having it be a threat, right? No, a- a- absolutely, absolutely. I actually there there was Taylor helped me get through this week, because I don't want to call the person out. 
Well, at least that person's not in this room. The person is definitely not in this room that caused my depression. I want to know who it is. Well, I won't call him out publicly, (laughs) but he's definitely not in this room, right? He's definitely not in this room. So Taylor helped me through this. And and I have a quote that that helps me with this. It helps the quote kind of understand. It says, stress keeps you sharp. It challenges you in ways you never imagined and forces you to solve issues and manage situations that send weaker people running for cover. So there's two stages. When you choose to just not run for cover, you're already at one stage. Then the second one is people understand stressful situations make you mentally tougher and your mind is trained in order to to solve that situation at a heightened heightened level. Mm. Like if you're hungry, I mean hungry, you can't breathe or you're thirsty. I mean thirsty. Your brain at that point, it's gonna be pretty sharp. It's gonna start. It's gonna start making some serious decisions and give you the ability to do things that you didn't think you could have. You start. Have you ever seen somebody like that needs to eat? It's time to eat, right? Or drink. They they see the river, right? They probably do. They probably do a. What is it? Uh, what's the football term? The forty and four, or like a forty-two four or something? What it or or. What's the 40-yard dash? Yeah, what do they call that, though? What's the term that they use? 40-yard dash? To say how how fast somebody can run it. So everybody has to run, like, 40 yards in a certain thing. They, they can do it in, like, 42 seconds. You, or 4.2. 4, 4. 4. 4. 4. Oh, yeah, he probably 4. runs 2. a 3.9. Right? When it's time to – I mean, he's, he's got a record contract. If he can be thirsty at all time and see water. I mean, not, not drink for, like, five days, right? Or when it comes times you can't breathe – you're going to start making some serious decisions at that point. So your mind will be more mentally acute to solve the problems if you choose to use it. So stress is a bad thing if you don't use it the right way. But if you get stressed and use that as a more of a spark rather than a flood, but a spark to take off your rocket ship and use that mental power to get out of that situation, I have come up with all of my ideas that actually are worth when I have a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. I am not a non-stressful genius. I tried the non-stressful genius. (laughs) It's not impressive, right? So when I'm not stressed, I'm like, you know what? I'm coming up with the new thing. And you know what happens? I get lazy. Mm -hmm. I get lazy and complacent. Mm Right? I mean, that should happen. But when I, you know what? I've come up with some pretty dang good ideas when somebody's pointing a gun at me. Yeah. When All right? Sure. I get when you pretty have to. clever. When you have to. Oh, yeah. You ever see You ever see me with my back against the wall? All right. We're going raccoon style. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm off four legs. I'm on two legs. And we're about to box. Right? <laughs> Your box. I got claws. Right? We're going to make this happen. Right? Well, it's, I, so, it, it also, I think it, it's, it comes down to training your mind like like you were saying how when you're hungry and you have to and you're forced into a situation that's when you that's when you can if you're hungry you eat right but you it could also be bad for you like if you if you're hungry and and you eat and your brain thinks you know i I need to do this all the time then it becomes weaker because you're gaining weight or whatever it could be bad for you so you have to train your your mind to be able to manage those situations and i think one good way to do that is when people think so like when you think of certain words that are that are negative. So like when you when you think of pressure, like a pressure situation, what do you think? Stress. 
so so it's a stressful situation. Um, it could be demoralizing. It could be it could be a lot of pressure. It could be overwhelming, debilitating. Right. So instead, you got to train your mind to to instead of thinking of those words, instead of a threat, it's a challenge. Instead of demoralizing, it's a motivator. It's going to motivate you to do more of of what you need to do, the good things. Instead of having it be overwhelming, I mean these these are all words that people think of when they're stressed out. Uh, instead of being overwhelming, you know, you need to think of manageable instead of overwhelming. This is like breaking down your day. This is if we focus on these two most important tasks, then we can handle these ones no problem. End of the day, you get through all your problems. It's not a big deal, right? You get home and you're like, wow, that was easy. It's way easier than you expected it to be. And then you know, instead of debilitating, why don't you think it's it's energizing? Like. You're gonna learn something from this debilitating situation. Don't don't run from it. Don't be stressed. Don't be afraid from it. Just do it. Tackle it head on, instead of being instead of being afraid to. You know what comes to mind when I see both sides of it? So I see the ones, and we've all got the left side memorized. You know the pressure, overwhelming. You know what that stuff threatened. So we all have those words memorized. Like mm-hmm. when we say that, those ones are easy. We accept all of those. So is it, is it safe to say probably everybody who's listening has accepted those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The right side, though, is super tough. Like, we know those words. Like, we can hear those. But but the idea of, of how we're supposed to use that to get us out of that situation is like, okay, I know the right answer. But I don't think you understand. Like, this is a different thing. I, how am I supposed to be energized when I'm feeling debilitated? Right. I, I think you also have to relate it to kind of like an autocorrect. So like when your phone, when you type on your phone and how you type a word and then your phone automatically corrects to something that it should be, that's how you got to train your head, like autocorrect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that we want people to take away is so you already know all the bad words. You need to figure out how to change those bad ones and you need to focus. Even if you don't know how you're going to solve it, you just need to say, okay, I'm feeling debilitated. How many times when you're feeling debilitated did you actually know the word that's supposed to come up in your mind when you're feeling debilitated? Did anybody know that word? Did anybody know that you're supposed to feel energized? No. How about even even a possibility? Dude, I'm telling everybody's frontal lobes right now. You guys don't realize, but your frontal lobes are taking, oh, well, he might want me to memorize this. So just in case he plans on not being debilitated, he might want to be energized. So we're not saying you're going to be debilitated. Think about energized and then your world's going to change. All that we're saying, if you want to have a chance of using what you have which is your choice. And if you don't want to run anymore, you don't want to get drunk, take drugs, uh, avoid a situation, if you want to actually do something, we're just giving you the first spark. That what people have done when they feel debilitated is they say, I need to energize myself. So you need to find a person, a place, a situation that is considered an energizing situation. That's what you're supposed to do. So whether you do it or not, doesn't make it not true. And it's not necessarily gonna solve your problems, but it will put you in a place where you have a chance of becoming undebilitated. I am not reaffirm. I'm not saying that you're not going to be debilitated. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It happens to me. If it happens to me, it happens to everybody. I'll guarantee you that. Oh yeah, every day. But put yourself in a situation where you could be energized. Now, obviously, I'm going to do a shameless plug. We've got a fantastic podcast. I think. I think it's pretty good. We got some pretty successful people in the 
fucking room with us, right? I mean, these guys have made it, right? So, I mean, they have something very successful. Mm-hmm. Their neighbors are jealous of them. Mm-hmm. That's safe, safe to say, say guys. <laughs> Does anybody have a, you know what, let's just bring it to anybody here on the couch have a neighbor or family or friend that's maybe a little jealous? Do you have a, is your wife have a friend that her husband's, you know what, you might be jealous that her husband doesn't have what you have? Right, it's gonna happen. So I mean, I mean that that's what's happening. And so all that we're saying is that you have control of this. And so when you see these things, like if you're feeling the pressure, say I'm. This is supposed to be an opportunist opportunity. This is supposed to be opportunistic, right? Did I uh 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 juristic? Okay, good. My my juris doctor here, uh, he 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 helps me with vocabulary. Right, math is the right answer, but I got hey, a very expensive partner here that will help me with uh, pronunciation. I'm bad at that too. So you're supposed to find a situation that will give you the best opportunity to get out of the pressure situation. So it's not just about saying opportunity. Hey, where is the best place I could put myself? What's the best thing I can listen to? Who's the best person I can talk to? What physical location can I put myself to alleviate this pressure situation? Same thing with a threat. If somebody's threatening you, where can I put myself that I can see this as more of a challenge, right? So somebody's threatening you saying, okay, what am I scared of? What you're scared of is the unknown. So this needs to be a challenging situation. This is a test. So how do you prepare for a test? Study. You study. Okay, what else? You talk to people that have taken the test before. You find out who's giving the test, right? You become the best at that test. So if somebody's threatening you, what are you feeling threatened on? So obviously they're hitting a vulnerability. So if they're a competitor, so I want your business. And in order for me to have business means you can't have your business. What have I become? Threat. Okay, I'm a threat. Are you gonna worry about that? Oh yeah. Okay, if I want your business and you're not but, worried about it, but you, you have a problem, <laughs> right? So, so the, the idea of it is that now you have to say, I've got a challenge. This instead, guy wants- Instead of folding and being like, here, you, you have all my business out yeah. I, you just have a challenge. So what do you need? You need to learn about me. You need to learn about why I want your business. You need to learn about what am I doing that's making my business well that you can do as well. And you need to come up with ways to defend yourself against that threat. It's just right. a challenge. It's exactly the same thing with that you accepted on a million levels. You've accepted on the fact that if you go play a basketball game. That somebody has to win that basketball game. Except mm. for now. Apparently, nobody has to win. But they used to in sports have to win. Like, there's a winner and a loser. So, that's like your kid going out there and saying, I'm not going to play because I'm threatened by this person. But what do you say to that child? Say, go out there and run faster than him. Mm. He, he doesn't know how to kick. Or, or this is his vulnerability. You need to do this. And as we get to an adult's. Right? It's like, it's like, hey, like we're going to come up with things. And even UFC. If someone has a bad knee, if he comes out. He comes out with a knee brace and he's trying to beat your face in. You attack that knee. It's okay to kick that knee. Say goodbye to that knee. Have you ever seen people? They're, they're just, the whole thing is just <laughs> kicking that knee, right? Find out about something. So you'll find that what you're threatened about, and I know you're thinking about people that are threatened. They're trying to take your job promotion or they're trying to take this. You just haven't done enough to accept it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. You need to get it out of your think that you have no control of it and you have all the control. And I promise you what will happen is that person will not only not become a threat, but you will be better than that person and you will you will switch it. They will think you're the threat. Mm-hmm. 
and, and then you they win. won't know how to handle it because they don't listen to this podcast, and you will win. Mm-hmm. And so that's just an idea of it. So we've said the words. Remember, it's not just saying the words. Look up what that word means and how people utilize that, who they listen to, where they put their body, and what those people do when they're trying to do those things. And I think we've talked about right managing stress. It's about your mindset. What, what, how do you perceive the situation? I think the four of us in this room are, are pretty successful with that. Right? We've done a good job over a long period of time of making decisions when there's a stressful situation or, or something, making a decision that's going to get us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I look back at my life and think, if I had the option to remove all stress from my life or not, I would definitely not remove it, right? Because I love the results that the, the stress is producing over over a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just making making that decision on a consistent basis, right, over and over again. But there's times where I, I kind of feel myself slipping back a little bit, and so that's where I realize that I need to recharge and listen to something like this podcast, listen to a motivational video, or something to to kind of get my mindset back where it needs to be, right. where where I'm thinking more on the right side of, of these this column, right? Instead of thinking something as a threat, realizing, hey, it's a challenge and an opportunity, right? Doing that recharge and that re- re- re-energizing mm-hmm. um, on a consistent basis, whether it's every day, every month, every week, um, just continually going back to these principles and, and making changes and, and trying to get a little bit better each day. Yeah, and that, that I mean, basically what, I actually wrote, wrote down exactly what you said to say, which is to be mindful. And it's actually something that I tell my wife all the time, because you know, she's kind of doing what we're doing. She started her own business. She gets stressed out, you know, a lot. She was on anxiety medication when I first met her and she doesn't, she doesn't take it anymore. And it was because I always told her to be mindful. Like when you get, when you're anxious, to be mindful means to be conscious and fully aware of the present, that exact moment, you know, so you stop. And so she actually started, to, she did this exercise where she would stay, if she was stressed, she would stop and she would just look at her hands and like watch them moving because it was, it was that moment. It brought her to that exact moment in time, which is exactly what you said. You know, it just it helps you focus on what you need to do at hand, and you know, takes the stress out of the situation. So I'm I'm gonna finish up here. I mean, guys, Bryce, thanks for coming today. Obviously, and Taylor, you know, pleasure as usual. The uh, the insight is fantastic. Um, Mike, you got something you want to say? I, I do quick? just want to say one thing. I mean, the to the people listening, if I mean, if you don't know what we're all trying to do, is we're just trying to you know motivate and get people to that next level, pat, break past all their barriers. And if there's any doubts to what they're listening to, I mean, the three people I'm looking at are the three most successful people that I know. So if they're not listening to you, they're insane. Yeah, this and then, is actually you guys are actually doing this crap on a daily basis. So oh, a- absolutely. And and what what we're trying to do is even make even translate it from learning something to how you can apply it in business. Because in the end, we want you to be more successful monetarily. I'll be honest with you. Not a, we're not just doing this for fun. I am the type that if I do something, I plan on getting paid. Mm-hmm. Right? I plan on getting paid. If I'm doing something just for fun, like this podcast is just for fun, but most of the things I plan on getting paid. So I have a purpose of wanting to get better so I can apply myself in business and get paid. But I do, we do want you to have a decent Christmas. It's, and so uh, this will be the one time and the kind of the quote that I'm going to focus on something more organic and, and, and then more on kind of the, the emotional, spiritual level. And it says, bad things do happen. How you respond to them defines your character and the quality of your life. You can choose to sit in perpetual sadness, immobilized by the gravity of whatever loss you have in your life or the situation, 
Or you can choose to rise from that pain and treasure the most precious gift that you have, which is your life. That's your gift. What you do with it is completely up to you. But this is a fantastic time. Christmas time, right? December. Enjoy it. If you find yourself stressed, which you will, apply your frontal lobe. We appreciate you guys listening. Bryce, thanks for coming. Taylor, pleasure as usual. Merry Christmas. Buy your wives a Peloton. Yes. Buy your wives a Peloton. Is that good? Goodbye. No controversy. Uh